If you have God's word, I, I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter Luke chapter two. And we're going to pick up in verse one. But I, I want to go back just a few weeks and, and just really remind us uh, about what we learned about Joseph and Mary, the story of Joseph and Mary. And, you know, and I understand that that was uh, part of Advent. And the tendency is that we think that Advent is a season and now the season is ended. And then, OK, so we're moving on. Well, I propose this morning that's not the case. I propose that when we go through Advent and, of course, Christ is born, that that is not the ending. Can everybody hear me this morning? That is not the ending. That is the beginning. And now we're starting this new year, just as we're starting this new year, we're beginning something new. And what's exciting about ministry and the gospel of Christ is that it's not an accident. What happens is that God is he is actually doing something in history. And and this is your history, by the way, in his history. But he's doing something in history and he's moving us from one place to another. And I, I see that in the word. I see that in this this story. And, and part of the story, the reason I want to go back a couple of weeks is because. I believe that we can learn from some of the things that Joseph and Mary faced. In fact, they faced some obstacles. And I want to invite you as we read the passage to think about what are the obstacles that Joseph and Mary faced. I mean, so we've gone through Advent and we've we've remembered the story, you know, uh, in the tradition as we remember Christmas as Christ's birthday and all that, which is great and honorable. But now I want to go back for just a little bit and and ask the question, you know, in order for them to get there to where they they arrived in that chapter of their life, you know, what were some of the obstacles? Listen to the text. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Of course, this is familiar territory. We just went through this for a whole season. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes placed him in a manger because there was no room, no guest room available for them. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for the word. I pray that your anointing upon it, Lord, that you would just speak, Lord, to our hearts today. And, and Lord, if, if at all, not, not in our own fabrication, but, Father, in the reality of, of who you are, that we would see, Lord, that you are doing something and that you are moving us. And the Lord, there is something to this family of God thing and that we are a part of the family of God together today. And it's not just individuals sitting here, but we're sitting here corporately together as your family. And, and so, Father, I pray that you would just speak to that heart that needs to be encouraged. Speak to that one, Father, that just needs to be reminded of something, Lord, that you, you'd want them to remember. And so, Lord, we just we submit this reading to you. We submit the word to you today. We thank you for uh, the blessing of it. We ask all these things. In Jesus Christ's glorious name, amen. So the question I was asking, I mean, if we're thinking this through, is what are the obstacles that Joseph and Mary faced as they begin the journey? And, and I just want to jump in with both feet. So, so there were a, a few. I mean, the first one that I, I want to mention 
is the fact that there was some traveling that needed to be done. And so in preparing for Advent, the Advent season, I, I learned that there, there was this journey that they had to take to get to Bethlehem so that they might register. And it was really quite a journey because it was 80 miles. And imagine they're, they're taking the trip on foot, most likely, and it's an 80-mile journey, and I've, I've kind of traveled that road. It's not the very same trail, but a highway that goes up to Jerusalem. I've been there in the Holy Lands, and folks, it's, it's like I-15 going into Las Vegas. Well, not like Las Vegas, but I mean the hill. I mean the hill going up to Las Vegas. And that hill is a long hill, and it takes a long time to get up. Can you imagine doing that on foot? And so Joseph and Mary, they have this journey that they have to take, and they're doing it on foot. And, and so you can, you can imagine it was, it was a challenge. I mean, it was one of the obstacles that they, they had to face. I remember when Heidi and I first moved to San Diego, California, here to pastor, um, we went over to Mission Trails. We went to the visitor center. Everybody said, you got to check that out, Pastor. You like to hike, so you need to check that out. And so we go to the visitor center, and, and uh, you know, we're looking things over. Beautiful visitor center. And we find a piece of paper. And on the piece of paper, it says the Five Peak Challenge. Anybody ever heard of that? So there's these five peaks, five mountains over there in Mission Trails. And the challenge is that, you, you know, you climb each one of the peaks and you do the hike. And so we got the five peak challenge and we got excited about it. I'm going to get this old man in shape. You know what I'm saying? So so we, we take the paper home and, and I say, honey, let's do this. Let's do the big one first and get it out of the way. Not a bright idea. So our first day, we, we hiked the big one. It's two and a half miles to the top, two and a half miles back, five miles. It was part of the trail that we're climbing, literally touching our hands sometimes to the ground, stepping on boulders, trying to get to the top of this peak. And we finally make it. But the next morning, folks, I could not even move. That mountain crushed us. It wasn't a good idea. I guess what I'm trying to say here is going the distance is hard work. If you believe that today, say Amen. Going the distance is hard work, and faith is an uphill climb at times, requiring fortitude, determination, and guts. And those are pretty strong words, but I mean, a spiritual formation, I mean, if spiritual formation is a process, and God is working, you know, in our life, and he's moving us from one place to another, as I was saying in the beginning, then it's going to probably take some fortitude. It's probably going to take some determination if God is moving us in a, in, in a spiritual manner. And he's saying, okay, we are moving from this place to a, another another place. And, and I think this is why I'm, I'm really excited about our, our five-year strategic plan, our vision for Mission Church of the Nazarene. If we're going to, in, if we're going to you know, serve, if we're going to seek and serve and reach the world for Christ. And, and it's going to take some effort. And, and part of serving our community is that we will... Uh, have two Sundays a year that we will be involved in human interest type ministries. In fact, January 28th of this month, we are having a Freedom Sunday. In fact, there's uh, displays out there and Pastor Jeff just talked about it. And we're having a Freedom Sunday and we're going to learn about human trafficking. And folks, we're going to be challenged. We're going to be stretched and we're going to take an offering. And we're going to do this twice a year because it's a part of our strategic plan. We want to be effective for the glory of the kingdom of God. Amen. So to be effective, it's going to take some fortitude. It's going to take some effort so that we are effective. We're effective in reaching our world. It might take some determination 
you know, to build a relationship with somebody, maybe that cube mate or maybe that that schoolmate or maybe that person that's just down the street and and inviting them and their family to come to church. And you guys are doing a great job. But I mean, if Jesus is real, we, we want to share that real Jesus with other people. And, and it's going to challenge us and stretch us to to, you know, to see this this become a reality, at least within our world and in the ministry here at, at, at Mission Church of the Nazarene. So, so going the distance, that's what I started with, going the distance, it's, it's hard work. We had a little gal by the name of Allie McDougall. Heidi and I loved her dearly. She's a little gal that came to our church when she was 13 years old at Bradenton First Church of the Nazarene in Florida. And uh, Allie McDougall is a figure skater. And if you do not know this about Bradenton, Florida, Bradenton, Florida is a mecca of Olympians. Uh, pro tennis players, people preparing for the Olympics. It's a place that a lot of athlete, uh, athletes and professional athletes come and they practice. The weather's awesome. There's tremendous facilities there. And so Ali McDougall had been picked up by the Olympic coach for couples figure skating. And her parents lived in Alabama. She was here in Florida. Her grandmother was staying with her so she could be under the tutelage of this this. Uh, uh, Olympic coach to be a, a figure skater and win a gold medal. And, and let me share with you a little bit about her schedule. I mean, it just blew my mind. 13 years of age. She was at the church from 13 to about 17 years of age. Um, she, she would get up in the morning and she would practice her figure skating for seven hours. No less, minimum, no less than seven hours. Then after seven hours, um, she would have an hour and a half. This is in addition to an hour and a half of physical training, PT. And that might be lifting weights or running or uh, ballet or, you know, some other type of balance skill type of thing. So she'd have an hour and a half of PT on top of the seven hours of practice. And then after those eight and a half hours of work and labor, then she would start school. And by the way, she never missed church on Sunday morning. She never missed church on Sunday night. She never missed church on Wednesday night. Allie McDougall loved church. She loved Jesus. But she was determined to go the distance. And to go the distance, it, it's, hard, it's hard work. Joseph and Mary, they, they were going the distance. I mean, it was a divine appointment. I think they sensed that and knew. I mean, the appearance of the angels in their life, this was God's will. And, and so they, they begin the journey. And I, again, I imagine they had a concept that, yeah, God was in this. But there, there was way more to it than probably they, they were planning on. I, I, I can imagine that. So there were some obstacles. What was another obstacle? Another obstacle they faced, there was no room. And likely is winter, you know, no question is winter time. And so some of the pictures you see of Mary where she has a lot of robes and garb on makes a lot of sense. It was it was cold. And and you can imagine that this simple rejection was a compilation of other things that was maybe possibly going wrong. I mean, here's Joseph. He's caring for a gal that's with child and she's out of wedlock and she's about 13 or 14 years of age. And, and you can imagine the emotions that went with that. And now they get to this town that they're to register in and there's no space there. There's no room. And then if you imagine Joseph, he's an Orthodox Jewish individual. And, and so there is this priestly understanding of, 
of holiness and part of the priestly understanding of holiness is it's a ritual thing. It's the law. So there is a cleansing that is necessary, a process that happens on a daily way. But but then there's this this duty that he's committed to that's being pulled against the, the this idea that they are unclean and he's traveling in an unclean way. But now they're arriving here and you can just imagine the emotions that they're going through. Have you ever felt despair before? I can imagine that Joseph and Mary was feeling some somewhat despaired or feeling despair in their life. I can imagine Joseph stopping and saying, Lord, man, can you give me some help? Have you ever felt despair like that before? Where you're, you're praying, your world has been rocked. And you say, Lord, man, can you show me a little bit of fairness? Have you ever felt despair before? I mean, really despair? I was on the phone last night, late last night with a wife that's sitting by her husband who's fighting cancer. He's fighting for his life. And I could hear the despair in her voice. Lord, could I get a little help? I can imagine that Joseph and Mary perhaps maybe were feeling a little bit of this at this place. I'm wondering, would it be good for us to remember that God's delays are not denials? And God's ways are not man's? When we're feeling this despair... We understand we, we, we do fall short of the glory of God. Are we any better than King David? You remember King David and, 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 and King David that had a heart after God himself. But yet King David's in the cave and he's writing the psalm. And as he's writing these poetic words, he's, he's in despair. You can hear it. You feel it as you read the words in Psalm that there is this despairing situation that he is wrestling with. He knew about despair. But you know what I love about the story of Joseph and Mary? It's this place where the story gets good because what happens is they arrive there in Bethlehem and now they're that cleft or that place that's hollowed out now where this manger is and then the baby's delivered and Jesus is laid in the manger. And what I love about it, and this is where we begin to tell the story, is that God takes the situation of despair and he moves them from a place of despair To a place that is holy and a place that is sacred. And I'm thinking in my mind if oh, we could experience that ourselves. If we could just be moved from this place of despair because despairing times, they hit every one of us. Where we can move from this place of despair because we're worrying and, you know, it's all what we can do. But if we could just move from the place of despair to a place that is sacred. In a place that is holy so that we would see, you know, and hear the voice of God and see God's face and see how God works. And what a great conversation for us to have church at the beginning of a new church year. (laughs) Because it's possible you've been through some things this last year, but now in this situation, in this new year, we have this opportunity to move from a place of despair into a place that is holy, a a, a really a, a sacred place. And for Joseph and Mary, it was the manger scene. And what's neat about that is it's at the manger scene that the divine comes into view. Did you catch that? 
So it's this sacred place that the divine comes into view. And it's possible that that God is kind of reminding us and showing us something. Yeah, there were obstacles that Joseph and Mary had to deal with. Like, for example, the paperwork. That's another one of the blanks you're filling in. The paperwork. Because the census was required, remember, and I don't know if you're like me, I hate, I hate paperwork, I, I hate red tape and bureaucracy, anybody with me on that? You know, I hate going through all that and all the necessary hoops you got to jump through, and I just got my stickers for my car and my truck, and it was, it was, how much was it? It was $900. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I, and so, you know, we, we just, we, we all, we know what that's about, all that bureaucracy here the 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 census was for the purpose of taxes well some things never change <laughs> it's a matter of perspective it really is i love the story of a chaplain at a hospital was speaking to a soldier and he said to the soldier there lying in the bed he says you've lost you've lost an arm in the great cause And no, said the soldier with a smile, I didn't lose it. I gave it. (laughs) This sounds a little preachy. But in the same way, Jesus, Jesus didn't lose his life. Jesus gave his life. And Jesus became flesh. And that's the story we're talking about. And it's not the it's not the end of the story. Advent is not the end. It's the very beginning of what God wants to do in us as we move from a place of despair and a place that is a sacred place because we realize what Jesus has done for us and he is doing for us in our life, in our circumstances. And and though they may not be to our liking, but folks, life is full of obstacles. But hallelujah, we have an uh, an overcoming God that overcomes obstacles in life, and we can we can bank on that. Amen. One obstacle Joseph and Mary had to work with was their embarrassment, the social dynamic of of an unmarried pregnancy. You know, beyond just the rejection. But I think what the point shows is that in spite of huge obstacles, Mary and Joseph really they really do set the tone for this this new year. Because they recognized the divinely appointed sacred space that God had called them to. You say, well, well, pastor, what is sacred space? Well, a definition could be this. For God, sacred space is for God and not secular purposes. Let me say that again. Sacred space is for God, not for secular purposes. So it deserves veneration. It deserves honor and respect as we we recognize that God, God is present. We see that in the burning bush as Moses takes off his shoes, the sacred space. Remember that as, as, as Abraham raises the knife and is about to slay his, his son and God says, stop. There's a, a, a ram caught in the thicket there and it's a sacred space that God is present. Or maybe when Jesus goes to the cross and he's hanging upon the cross and he gives up his spirit for all of mankind, it's that sacred space. You see, the idea of sacred space, and this is it, hang with me. The idea of sacred space is it is a space that brings glory to God. It is a space that brings glory to God, whatever that space is. And here in this space, 
We see not the, the end of the story, hallelujah, but we see the beginning of the story that starts with Christmas. And it's a story that rockets into the story of mankind. And hallelujah, it begins there in the manger. It kind of ends in the tomb then, but then he's resurrected. And hallelujah, the story continues on for mankind. That, that's what God is showing us here. Amen. What I want to say is the life is not for sacred space, but sacred space is for living life. Amen. It's for living life that God moves us into that sacred space, whether it is the high priestly order of God. We understand what the holiness is as we have relationship with God. But it, it brings us to this place that we can submit to him and say, oh, Father, it is in this space and it's in this circle in which I stand that, Lord, I desire your holiness and your presence and your righteousness, that this space might be sacred for God's glory. Amen. I don't know how God is moving you. And I don't know what God is speaking to you, but perhaps the application is like with Joseph and Mary, because it took some effort for Joseph and Mary to find their sacred space. Maybe it's the same for us. Maybe, you know, part of the effort is realizing that that maybe even getting to church, you know, getting to church is, is an effort as we say, Lord, I want to be in this sacred space in the presence of of you, God, creator, and there's some effort that requires it. And maybe it's, it's, it's a, a space where we hear God's voice. Because maybe perhaps the voice of God is becoming very quiet and, and we're having a hard time hearing his voice anymore. And God is trying to speak in that sacred space is, is that we hear that small, still voice and we hear God's voice and we say, Father, I need to hear your voice again. I need to hear your voice, Lord. To be in that kind of sacred space that, that God is, is speaking. Is it any wonder, is it an accident that the calendar stops almost the whole world at Christmas time? Is it any wonder that it draws almost the whole world's attention that season? <laughs> it's not an accident. Because it's sacred space. It causes this arrest of attention. And I'm praying that as we begin our new year, church, that that we have that kind of experience, that we experience the sacred space of God and and he gets us and he has our attention and and our attention is arrested by the presence of the holy God that wants to set us free and experience his Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't know what you've been wrestling with or what you're going through with in life. There's no question that Joseph and Mary, they they had all kinds of obstacles. I mean, huge obstacles to overcome. But God, remember, was moving them from this place of despair to a place that was sacred. Maybe that's exactly what the Lord is doing right now for us as a church. Maybe he's doing that for your life right now to move you from despair to a place that is sacred. And he can do that. Amen. I believe that. I know that he wants to do that in your life. He wants to move you to a place that is a sacred space that you might experience all of his glory and all of his will for your life. If we're willing to just pause and listen to what he is saying to us this morning. To experience the sacred face, space of our Father in heaven. And allow that space to begin in you and your heart. And allow him to take what it is that needs to be released and set you free to experience the sacred.
Pastor Kelly and her team, won't you come? And they're, they're going to lead us today in a special response. As they lead us, I, I want to invite you just to really be transparent with the Lord today. Not with nobody's watching, nobody, nobody else's business. You be transparent with the Lord. And say, Lord, would you work here? Would you hear my voice, God? Right here in this circle that I stand. And I believe God will do something special as you respond to him.